The Productive Woman, Episode 417. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Well, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. This week, we're going to talk about 10 rules for a peacefully productive life. You'll find links to some resources I mentioned and additional information in the show notes for this episode, which you can find online at theproductivewoman.com slash 417. This episode is brought to you by Calm. Do you remember being tucked into bed at night with your favorite story and, and maybe dozing off even before you got to your favorite part? I certainly have experienced that. And with Calm's sleep stories, you can do that very thing. You can pause your racing thoughts, you can relax your mind, and enjoy the ease of drifting off to dreamland. And that's why I'm so glad to be partnering this year with Calm, the number one mental wellness app, to give you the tools that improve the way you feel. You can reduce stress and anxiety through guided meditations, improve your focus with curated music tracks, and rest and recharge with Calm's imaginative sleep stories. They have them for children and for adults, and they even offer daily movement sessions specifically designed to relax your body and uplift your mind. They offer so many different ways to help take care of your mind and uh, just feel better. And if you go to calm.com slash TPW, you'll get a special offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription. That's the subscription that I pay for myself that I've had for a couple years now. And what I love is new content is added every week. So you never get bored with the resources that are available to you through the Calm app on your smartphone or other devices. Over a hundred million people around the world use Calm to take care of their minds. Calm is ready to help you stress less, sleep more, and live a happier, healthier life. And, you know, this week we're talking about a peacefully productive life. That's something that's been on my mind lately. And I really believe that when it comes to living a peacefully productive life, getting enough rest is crucial, both for our peace and our productivity. I've mentioned before that I sometimes struggle with um, with getting enough rest. At the end of a day, when I go to bed and things get quiet in the house, my mind can often just take off with thoughts of the day that's just passed, the day that's coming, things I need or want to do, things I wish I had done or done differently, and I can find it difficult to fall asleep. In a way that even reading a good book can't do for me, Calm's sleep stories help quiet my mind so I can fall asleep. They have dozens of different types of sleep stories, um, you know, historical kinds of things, bits of fiction, just tons of different kinds, read by various people whose names you know and others that you probably don't know. I can always find something that looks interesting, although honestly, I have yet to hear the end of a sleep story because I'm always asleep before the end comes. And as I said, for listeners of The Productive Woman, Calm is offering an exclusive offer of 40% off their premium subscription 
at calm.com slash TPW. That's C-A-L-M dot com slash TPW for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. I encourage you to check that out at calm.com slash TPW. All right, so let's get into our topic for this week. It was kind of inspired by something I saw on YouTube, which, you know, happens sometimes. I saw uh, there was kind of a little trend or I don't know if they were collaborations or what, but several different YouTubers that I have followed on and off published videos in the last week or so. Basically, the topic was their 10 or so rules for life. Uh, I have to confess, I haven't actually watched those videos yet, but just the titles and the fact that several people were talking about it just got me thinking about what would be my personal rules for a productive life and, and specifically a peacefully productive life, because that is something that I want. I want to be productive, but I also want to be at peace. So it just got me thinking about it. And I sat down to list my rules. I came up with 10 rules and maybe, maybe they're better thought of as guidelines for being productive and peaceful at the same time. And so they are basically five rules about things we do and five rules about the way we think or things that we think. So number one on my list, and these are in no particular order other than just what I thought of, uh, number one is to strategically employ the two-minute rule. And the this is a rule that was coined by David Allen in his great book, Getting Things Done. And the basic gist of the rule is if a task can be done in two minutes or less, just do it when it's identified instead of putting it off or scheduling it for later. And it's a way to take action instead of always procrastinating and putting things on. I read an article called The Two-Minute Rule to Stop Procrastinating. And the author of that article said, by simply recognizing that we can get the task done quickly, if only we take action, we stop planning to do the task, dreading doing the task, and ruminating about the task. And this author refers to this as training our brain to a bias for action. And I think that's really important. The planning is important. Uh, Dreading isn't necessarily important, but planning is important and scheduling things and thinking about and preparing for tasks. But the way we are productive, the way we get stuff done is by actually taking action. And so employing this two-minute rule, if, if something can be done quickly, just do it. Examples might be, you know, put that dish in the dishwasher after you're done with it, or hang up your clothes when you take them off or put them in the hamper right away, or file that document or shred it after you're done with it. Uh, Open the mail over the recycle bin as soon as you bring it in and toss things right away. Anything that can be done quickly. If you realize you need to return a phone call and you know it can be done quickly, just do it. Now, as the author of this article pointed out that I just mentioned, this two-minute rule does need to be applied strategically and wisely. You need to do this during what Alan refers to as processing time, when you've kind of assembled all your list of things that need to be done and you're processing them and you see one, I could get this done right now. It shouldn't be used 
as an interruption to what you should be doing right now. Sometimes we think, oh, I'll just go do this thing because the thing I'm supposed to be doing right now is complicated or difficult and I want a quick win. You know, maybe you want to do that sometimes, but the the point of the two-minute rule isn't to use it as to be constantly switching tasks and interrupting the work you're doing to go do something completely unrelated. So the point of this rule then is to employ that two-minute rule strategically. Do things in the right time that can be done quickly instead of putting them off. My second rule that I thought of uh, about things that we do is don't leave the room empty-handed. And I think I've talked about this before. Uh, I may have mentioned it in an episode a long time ago. But the the concept here is when you're going from one room to another room, just take a second to scan for anything in, in the place you are that belongs in the place you're going to. And that's true in the house, in your office. You know, if you're leaving your office to go to the restroom uh, and you're going to pass your secretary's desk, is there something that you could drop off with her? You know, something on your desk that belongs with her or, or him, um, at home, it's, you know, as I'm leaving the living room, is there something there that belongs in the kitchen or in the laundry room or in the trash? This is especially important if we are, as I do, live in a two-story house. If I'm going upstairs, is there something downstairs that belongs up there that I can take with me? I keep a basket at the bottom of the stairs that when I'm you know, puttering around the house and I see something that belongs upstairs, I just drop it in there so that next time I go upstairs, I can grab that and take it with me. But the point is, wherever you are, don't leave the room empty handed if there is something you can take with you to get it in the right place. It's more efficient. It saves time and energy of making special trips to put things away. And it keeps your space tidier. And for me, all of those things contribute to a more peaceful life and certainly a more productive one. The third rule I thought about uh, for related to things that we do is this one. No is a complete sentence. And that is a rule of life that is really hard for some of us to to implement. Um, One enemy of both peace and productivity is taking on too much. Too many commitments, too many activities, too many things on our schedule, uh, whatever it might be. And sometimes we've taken on a bunch of things that we want to do, Sometimes it's uh, fear of missing out. We, we can't bring ourselves to say no because we might miss something. Sometimes it's because we don't know how to say no, uh, whether to other people or to ourselves. One of the things that when we do try to say no, we sometimes give a, a reason why we're saying no. Uh, so I, I don't know about you, but I have been known to say, oh, I wish I could, but I'm not going to be able to when it's not actually true that I wish I could. I don't want to, but I feel like I need to soften the no. The problem is when we give reasons for our no, when we say, well, I wish I could, but I've got this, you know, other thing. Even if it's just, I've got too much on my plate right now, whatever reason we give, that gives the other person an opportunity to overcome that reason. And if we say, you know, whatever it is they're asking us to do, and we say, well, I can't because I've got too much on my plate right now, that leaves an opening for them to say, well, that's great because you don't need to do anything about it for 
three weeks. And, you know, so that makes it more difficult for you to continue to say no. So we need to learn that it's okay to just say no. And that whether it's to other people or to ourselves, when we're thinking of taking on something or doing something that doesn't serve us. Episode eight, a long, long time ago, back in the very first year of this podcast, we talked about ways to say no gracefully. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes in case you want to check that out. If that is a struggle for you, as it is for a lot of us. In episode eight, we talked about reasons why we have trouble saying no and some ways that we can say no gracefully uh, without (laughs) making life more difficult for ourselves. Uh, I love a quote that I saw about this from Gandhi, who said, a no uttered from the deepest conviction is better than a yes merely uttered to please or worse, to avoid trouble. So let your yes be yes, let your no be no, and remember that no is a complete sentence. Number four on my list of rules about things that we do is to create and protect white space. And we've talked about this on and off in the past, white space as a design concept and as a scheduling concept and as a a rule that can contribute to a more peaceful life and a more productive one as it reduces stress, frustration, and workload. And so white space needs to be created and protected in our calendar, for instance, by avoiding scheduling things back to back, leave space, white space in that calendar between appointments uh, that gives you time for a break to just take a breath or to use the restroom, gives you time to process what you just did, maybe make some notes of, of some action items that came out of that meeting you just had or that call you were just on. Uh, It gives you time to prepare for what comes next so that you feel calm and peaceful and prepared instead of stressed and anxious uh, because you just didn't have time to get ready. It also leaves a cushion for when things go wrong that can throw your schedule out of whack, whether it's traffic or you can't find a parking place or, you know, you're trying to get on the next call and the tech's not working or a kid needs you or a meeting runs long, whatever it might be. Leaving white space between appointments gives you space to deal with all of that. Furthermore, leaving chunks of white space, time that's not committed to something else, it's a great way to protect your peace of mind and to reduce the amount of stress you're feeling physically and mentally. So creating and protecting white space on your calendar is important. Similarly, it's important in your home. And this is something that I am trying to work on. And uh, my husband will tell you, I, I struggle with this because I like to get new things and I like to move things around. But creating and protecting white space in your home means don't fill up every cupboard, every drawer, every closet, every counter every wall. Uh, Leave space where there's nothing. It creates a more peaceful environment. It also uh, means that you have less stuff to take care of and manage. And so ways you can do that, we've talked about before. I keep a charity box in the garage, which is uh, the entrance to the garage is not far from our kitchen. So I can toss things into it pretty easily. 
Some people keep one in their closet. But the point of having this box available is to always be looking for things to put into it, things that you're not using anymore, things that don't bring you joy, uh, things that you've replaced with something better. Just toss it into that box, and when it gets full, take it off to the charity shop. Some people, in order to protect and maintain white space in their homes, follow a practice of whenever they bring in a new item, they purge two of that item. So you bring in one book, you purge two that you give to charity or to the library or to a friend. Same with clothing items or decor or kitchen tools. I think this is a great idea. I don't do this, you know, one in, two out kind of thing, but I do try to keep an eye out for things that I can put into the charity box that somebody else can get use out of and enjoy and that will leave more breathing room in my home. I have a goal to see empty space in my cupboards, my drawers, the closets, and so on. I don't always achieve it because, as I said, I like to get new things. And I struggle sometimes with letting go of the old things, but it's a goal that I'm working toward because I think it is important in our schedules and in our homes, our spaces, to create and protect that white space. And the fifth rule uh, pertaining to things that we do is good enough is good enough. And we talked about this recently. I don't remember what episode it was, but I'll try to find and link it in the show notes. I think it was the episode where we talked about doing it all versus doing enough. This rule of good enough is good enough does not mean that I don't believe in pursuing excellence where it matters, but it does mean that perfectionism is not productive. We can wear ourselves out and stress ourselves to the breaking point trying to do everything perfectly and we end up with neither peace nor productivity. And so reminding ourselves that in a lot of cases, it doesn't have to be perfect. It needs to be good enough and to recognize when it's good enough to, to ship, so to speak, when we can let it go. And that's good enough. One article I read that was talking about this concept of good enough being good enough says, the principle of good enough suggests that you should identify the point past which putting more resources into something won't improve it in a meaningful manner. So you should finish with it and move on. I think this is an important rule and a difficult one for a lot of us who struggle with perfectionism, who feel like we need to do it right. Anything worth doing is worth doing perfectly. That's not always the case. And we need to sort of judge for ourselves what needs 110% effort and what, what can get by with, you know, a 90% effort. What is good enough? That's something we need to all figure out for ourselves. But we need to remind ourselves, I think, uh, when good enough is good enough and move on so that we can be both at peace and getting things completed. So those are five rules that I try to follow with respect to things that we do. And then there are five rules I came up with about the way we think or things we think. And and the first one of those is you can get anywhere you want to go one small step at a time. Just start. And maybe that's the rule. Just start. 
I think sometimes we get overwhelmed by the size or the scope of a project or a goal or a dream. It seems completely out of reach or, or just that it'll take forever to get there. Or maybe we're unsure of how to get there. And so we end up procrastinating. Now, we might call it planning or preparing, but whatever we call it, we're not taking action. Um, we haven't started. The fact is, no matter how big a goal is, no matter how long it will take to get there, the truth is you never reach a destination that you don't start heading toward. And so sometimes we have to just give ourselves permission to start in some small way because, you know, what's, what's the saying? The journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Wherever it is you want to go, whether literally a physical location you're trying to go to or a goal that you want to accomplish, you can get there one small step at a time. You can't usually take some huge leap and just end there. I think sometimes I feel like I don't, I don't like the doing so much as the arriving. I don't like traveling as much as I like getting where I'm going. And I'm trying to learn to enjoy the journey, enjoy the process. And again, you can't get to any place you want to go if you don't start. And so the rule here is knowing that you can get where you want to go if you take one step after another, just start. The next rule on my list is one that I have followed for a very long time, one that I remind myself of frequently, and that is this. I don't have to like it. I just have to do it. This is how I get myself to start on things that are hard or that I don't enjoy, but that are part of something that I've decided is important. Uh, for instance, exercise. I don't enjoy exercising, but I like the uh, the results it produces. And so every time I walk up the steps to the treadmill, I say this rule to myself. I don't have to like it. I just have to do it. Sometimes I feel that way about working on an episode of this podcast. It requires a lot of focus and concentration. And sometimes I want to just sit and stare out the window. I don't always enjoy every piece of it, but I love the results of it. I, I actually uh, am so grateful to get to publish this podcast and to be a part of the community of women like you. And so I've decided this is an important thing to me. And so when it is time for me to, you know, work on an outline or whatever it is I need to do, this rule applies. I don't have to like it. I just have to do it. I don't have to like every little piece of it, every moment of it. I just have to do it. So often, even the the goals that we've set for ourselves that we think are important and we love the outcome of it, we struggle with pieces of it that aren't fun. Resistance can be very strong, but it can be overcome by determination and a recognition that nothing is fun all the time. We're not going to like every minute of everything we do, even the stuff we love the most. Sometimes I think we get this idea that if it's hard or if it's not enjoyable, there must be something wrong and, and it's a sign we should avoid it. But again, nothing is fun all the time. I love my husband and children, but you know we have our moments um, where we're not enjoying each other's company because there's a conflict or whatever. You just stick with it anyway. Some of the outcomes that are most worthwhile 
require us to do things that we don't enjoy, whether it's making a phone call to connect with a client or a potential client or talking with someone to resolve a conflict or exercise, as I talked about. The outcome is worthwhile, but it may have a component we don't like. So when we have decided on a course of action that's necessary to achieve an outcome we want, that resistance will come because there may be a part of it we don't like. And this rule can help us get started taking the action we need to accomplish the outcome that we want. I don't have to like it. I just have to do it. The next rule I came up with, I guess it's number eight on the overall list, um, and number three of the, the five things that about uh, rules about things we think. Uh, this next rule kind of goes with the one we just talked about. And this is, I can do anything for a while. So this is a corollary to the previous one. You know, I don't have to like it. I just have to do it. And I can do anything for a while. Some things are hard or uncomfortable and might be intolerable over a long period of time, but we can tolerate them for short periods of time. I think of, you know, sweating on the treadmill is a great example. I actually first came up with this rule in my life many years ago when I was having our babies during labor, it was my reminder that contractions hurt, but they're short. They're really only a a minute or less most of the time. And I can do anything for a minute. And that was how I got myself through childbirth was, you know, one contraction at a time. I just have to do this one. I don't have to do all of them all at once. I just have to do this one, and I can do this for 60 seconds. That's been a really helpful rule to me over the years, a a reminder, I guess, as much as anything else, that when something is really hard, I can do it for a while. I can do anything for a while. Uh, The next rule on the list, uh, number four of of the rules about things that we think Number nine, I guess, if you're keeping track of the overall list of 10, is an old rule that's been around for a long time, and I think maybe it came um, from the computer programming world, and it's this rule, garbage in, garbage out. And this applies in our lives in so many ways. It, It applies physically. The food we eat has a real impact on our health, our energy, and our frame of mind. And if we're eating garbage, it will produce garbage results, I guess, in in our ability to do the things we need to do in our energy levels, in our health, and therefore in our productivity. This rule also applies mentally. The things that we read and watch and listen to, the people we spend time with, all these things have an impact on our beliefs, on our mindset and our mood, and therefore on how we act in the world and the results we get. The very definition of our productivity uh, is affected by what we take in mentally. And so to preserve peace of mind and to maximize our productivity, it's important that we take care of our body and our mind. And if we are taking in sources of information, if we're spending time with people who bring us down, who discourage us, who, uh, you know, feed our minds and our hearts things that don't serve us well, then 
it's on us to change the inputs so that we get the outputs that we want. Because if we are taking garbage in, we will produce garbage. And the last uh, rule on my list is one that I've mentioned before, but I, um, I believe this so strongly, that what you do matters, but you are not what you do. And this is an important rule to remind ourselves. A lot of us struggle with this. And, and if you think consciously about it, you think, well, yeah, that makes sense. And yet we maybe subconsciously don't really believe this rule. Those of us who are goal and achievement oriented can tend to measure ourselves, whether consciously or not, by what we accomplish. And when we feel like we haven't done a good job or we haven't done enough or we haven't accomplished what we set out to do or what we feel like we should, we can feel like we have failed or often we take it even beyond that, not just that we have failed, but we are a failure. We are a fraud. Um, that, That whole imposter syndrome thing comes into play for a lot of us because we are measuring our worth, our value by what we do. And it's important to do things. Doing and accomplishing and achieving are important. That's part of living a productive life. We are doing things. We're taking action. We are accomplishing things we set out to do and achieving things that we want to achieve, achieve, whether goals or, or, you know, things related to our profession or whatever. Doing and accomplishing and achieving are, are important, but our worth and our value is not measurable by how much we do accomplish or achieve. We are not what we do. We, we have value beyond that. And that is such an important rule to remember. So those are my 10 rules. I did have one bonus rule that I, that sort of ties to some of the others um, that I think is really important to keep in mind. And that is this. What you do regularly matters far more than what you do occasionally. Or put another way, small actions taken regularly matter much more than occasional big efforts. And I really think that's important. We, we tend to think we want to make a grand gesture and a big, you know, take on a big goal to change our lives. Or, but it's not those you know, going out and running a marathon one week and then never exercising again for six months won't have as good an outcome for you as doing a little bit of movement each day. Or So whatever the goal is, whatever you do regularly matters much more than what you do occasionally. So be intentional about creating habits that serve you and that support your values and goals. And that's what I'm trying to do. Again, I struggle here because I think, oh, I need to do this, make this big change that I can't sustain for whatever reason. And I have to come back to this rule time and again, reminding myself that it's small steps taken regularly that will achieve those big goals. So instead of trying to make the grand gesture, just do one small thing each day. Spend five minutes each day toward accomplishing what matters to you, whether it's a personal goal, a professional goal, or just connecting with someone you love, whatever it might be, it's the small things done regularly that will get you where you're going. This ties again back to some of the other rules that we talked about here. 
So those are my rules, 10, 10 basic rules and the bonus rule. And I think that whether you think of them as rules or guidelines or simply reminders of what you believe, intentionally adopting a few statements, a few rules, a few guidelines, however you want to name them, that help direct your thinking and your action can foster a peacefully productive life that can make a difference for you and all those around you. So those are my thoughts on this. I'd love to know what you think. What are your rules for a productive life? Could you share those with me and with us so that we can all learn from each other? You can share those in the comment section of the show notes for this episode, which you will find at theproductivewoman.com slash 417, where you'll also find a link to our sponsor and to some other resources that you can check into if you're interested in thinking more about this topic. Um, you can also post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page, or if you're a member of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, uh, that's a great place to have this conversation continue. As always, though, if you prefer to share your thoughts with me privately, you can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. I read every email that comes in there. I will confess, um, you know, I, it sometimes takes me a little while to get back to you, but I want you to know I read every email in there and I will respond as soon as I can. And I'd love to hear from you. Okay, so uh, on the issue of maintaining peace and productivity, remember that for listeners of this podcast, Calm is offering that exclusive offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription. Uh, check out their sleep stories, their guided meditations, all the other resources they offer by going to calm.com slash tpw. That's C-A-L-M dot com slash T-P-W for 40% off unlimited access. Uh, and again, calm.com slash T-P-W. And that is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. Uh, I, I really do hope that you found something in it that, that is helpful, that maybe provoked some ideas uh, for something that you're going to take action on this week. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, and maybe this is the final rule for a peacefully productive life, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. Mm -hmm.